Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Inside, inside Access with Jason Lockonfora and Ken Wyman. Sponsored by Stevenson University Online. Your master's and bachelor's goals haven't changed and neither has Stevenson University's online commitment to you. Visit online.stevenson.edu. 1057 The Fan. Orioles and Blue Jays three-game series starts tonight at Camden Yards. And let's get the Blue Jays' perspective. Caleb Joseph, longtime Orioles catcher, now with Sportsnet, covering the Blue Jays. And, and Caleb, good afternoon. Thank you. As we know Caleb. Oh, he dropped off. He's calling us back. Uh, well, we're efforting to get Caleb Joseph. Uh, Caleb Joseph, of course, friend of the show, been on numerous times. Former Oriole? Former Oriole, and he is now with us. Caleb, Caleb, can you hear us? Yeah, sorry about that. N- no, the, no worries. The decline button on accident. <laughs> no worries. Well, let's start you with this. wouldn't be the first or the last. Yeah. We, we, we get it all the time, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. let, let's start with this. Are you surprised the Blue Jays are where they are with how bad Alec Manoa has been this year? A little bit, yeah, considering that Jose Barrios was kind of a big question mark coming into this season. Kikuchi, a huge question mark coming into this season. Two-fifths of their rotation, question marks, yes. I was uh, concerned about how they were going to kind of rebound coming off of uh, down seasons, and they have just both been spectacular. Kikuchi especially, he has really thrown the ball well, and a lot of it has to do with how he's been able to kind of reform his delivery. His uh, delivery has been simplified. It allows him the repeatability of his windup to then get to the finishing point. The shape on his breaking ball has been really consistent, something that he really struggled with last year. And he's got this curveball that I really love. It's in the 83, 85-mile-per-hour range. It's a totally different look to right-handed hitters. Doesn't have to show that good slider as often now. And uh, both of them have been really, really outstanding for the Jays. Their starting pitching has been very, very well, has been very good this season. Their bullpen work has been tremendous. Uh, if they could just score some runs, they're, they're going to be a very tough team to battle late on in the season. 
Well, Kikuchi, as you said, Caleb, he's starting tonight. And Ryan Mountcastle against Kikuchi, 7 for 12, 4 homers, 8 RBIs. And his numbers against the Blue Jays are just bananas to begin with. I I get it that some guys have certain teams' numbers, but that last series, especially Caleb, was insane with Mountcastle. It sure was. And I was on the call with Ben Wagner on on the radio for the Blue Jays, and you just run out of adjectives you run out of superlatives for the guy it, it, you know I, I talked to somebody uh today about it and i said i truly believe that he could flip the bat and be holding the barrel of the bat with the handle out uh touching home plate and he would find a way to get a hit sometimes it just happens that way and i started thinking in my brain and and, and a totally different hitter more accomplished probably a bigger name throughout the league but uh Bautista found a way to do that to the Orioles yeah. back when I was playing with them, 14 through 18. He just found a way to get hit after hit after hit, big moments. Uh, but what Mountcastle's doing, oh, man, it's just uh, he's in fuego on this team, both home and road. And, you know, 10, 15 years ago when guys used to hit entire staffs like this, they would earn themselves a bow tie, um, something up and in. But yeah. Jays have done everything but that. And – I'm absolutely not saying like they should do that, but this guy has hit every pitch possible. I mean, he's at breaking balls. He's at fastballs in, down and away, uh, uh, backdoor breaking balls, change up splits, you name it, he's hit it. It's almost as if he knows what's coming. And uh, what a good feeling that is when you're uh, next to the plate. I had it for about five days. That was it uh, in my entire career. Uh, but, man, he is, uh, he's on quite a roll when he sees the Blue Jays coming into town. What do you think, Caleb, sort of the, the level of sort of pressure is on this Blue Jays team right now? They, they've played good ball, um, but the Mariners have played incredible ball, right? And Tampa is still Tampa, and Houston is, I guess, slumping a little bit by their standards, but it's still a good team. And the Texas, right. uh, the, the Texas Rangers went out and added two starting pitchers at the deadline, like – it's not assured that they get in the playoffs. Where what is sort of the vibe in town and, and how much pressure do you think is, is on this team the final six weeks of the season here? Yeah, the sentiment around the city is is a bit dreary and a bit um doomsday esque in terms huh. of they they're not as uh, hopeful, I guess, as I am. And they're really worried about like the teams that you just mentioned, they're, they're worried that the Jays may not have enough to kind of finish at the end. But I keep trying to point to all of kind of the singular parts of this team. The starting pitching is phenomenal. The bullpen is built uh, like a playoff-style bullpen. Their defense is very good. I think they're uh, first in defensive runs saved in the league. Their base running is excellent. They are hitting uh, at a better clip than uh, than they have in the last three or four weeks. It's just a matter of continuing to take advantage of the runners in scoring position. I think last time we spoke, this was kind of the big deal, was they're generating quite a few chances. Yeah. It's just converting them. Uh, last I checked, I think this morning, they're, they're tied with the Orioles for 15th in home runs. So it's not like the Orioles are hitting a ton of home runs. They're right around middle of the pack in terms of the league, but they just convert when they get guys in scoring position, whether it's a single, whether it's uh, just continuing that rally with a hit by pitch or a walk or whatever, they're able to do that. Jays are slowly starting to figure out uh, how to convert those opportunities. But I don't see 
really any way any anybody getting in their way other than themselves. If they play to their capabilities, they can score a ton of runs in bunches because the lineup is so talented and they have the pitching to lock it down on the other side. It's just going to be if they can get those bats heated up. And they've shown it. They've shown it from time to time. Uh, the very last game they played last uh, two days ago on Sunday, they uh, they hit five home runs and, and just scored a ton of runs against the Reds. And it just shows that it's in there. It's just a matter of tapping that out. We're speaking to Caleb Joseph. It's inside access on the fan. And Caleb, Brandon Belt, homer twice in that game that you're referencing. And he's been red hot in August, a bounce back year for him in 2023. What have you thought of Belt in this recent stretch and really this season as a whole? Yeah, he got off to a really slow start, and a lot of people in Toronto were were ready to to put him into the guillotine. Uh, but he has just he's found a way to just be himself. And I played with Brandon Belt 2010 in the Arizona Fall League, and he just never gives an AB away. He is in the top three or four in terms of pitches per plate appearance. The analytics people absolutely love that about him. He's going to eagle eye every single pitch. He just rarely swings at balls. Uh, he might get to 3-2, I would say 7 out of 10 times he steps up to the plate, which is quite a feat. He has really uh, shown me that when healthy, he's still an incredibly productive player. And that's kind of been the biggest thing for me is he's been healthy the entire season. The way the Jays have kind of platooned him, they've been able to keep him on the field, keep him healthy. He's got some opposite field power that I saw in the fall league. And, of course, many years later, he still has that. But, you know, you, you – you start to combine some of these factors, great plate awareness, a veteran guy who's been around a long time. He's seen just about every pitch and every pitch sequence, and then the ability to, to, to drive the ball. You've got a pretty valuable, uh, pretty valuable player, especially being left-handed. And to slot him right in front of Vladimir Guerrero Jr., uh, he's going to be on base at about a 440, 470 clip. So you're trying to generate chances for Vladdy. Belt's been uh, probably everything that they hoped when they first signed him. Let's finish with that, Caleb, and, and Vlad Guerrero. And it's not like his numbers are bad, but he sure. doesn't look like the MVP candidate he was a couple years ago. What's going on there? A lot of pressure. One word, pressure. Um, you know, you have a season that he had back in 2021 uh, at, at, I think, the age of, what, 22. Yeah. And people just start to expect massive things. I think about the pressure that Matt Weeders had on him when he got to the big leagues, you know, Maurer with power. And it's not that Weeders wasn't a great player. Weeders was a tremendous player. Was he the absolute superstar that everybody had kind of been hoped and promised? Um, probably not, but he had a really nice career. And it makes me wonder if Vladdy could potentially be a very, very good major leaguer. Maybe not the kind of Shohei Otani-esque type of player, but it's still in there. And for me, this is a kid that's 24 years old now that has a ton of voices going on. And you've got to figure out your process. You've got to figure out what exactly works for you, what bits of information you're taking, you're leaving. And I really feel like the comp here is Bo Bichette. So Bo Bichette last year had uh, a very slow start. He was trying some different stuff, really trying to improve his game. But he had to get back to basics and what made him the great hitter that he is. He got back to that through trial and error, and he's been just about the hottest hitter since September of last year. And I feel like Vladdy's on that type of uh, journey in terms of figuring out what exactly makes him tick, canceling out all of the outside voices, getting back to what makes him successful. And uh, I'll give you a little hint. It probably has to do with him hitting the fastball. 
And so when he can stay on the fastball and get ready and hit it and do a lot of damage on that fastball, he is a very dangerous hitter. But there have been so many times where indecision has been so obvious and not sure what to look and swinging it pitches off the plate and this and that and the other. But it just comes down to a mature game plan. And when he has that game plan and is aggressive inside that game plan, the uh, 2021 version of Vladdy comes out. Caleb Joseph, always great. Thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. You got it. Take care. Thank you. Coming up next, we switch back to the Ravens. Ravens lose last night. The win streak is over. They lose 29-28, but the offense actually looked pretty good. Our offensive takeaways next here on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan. Wyman. The Ginger Gorilla. Lockenfora. JLC. It's built in. And Barbalace. T-Bone and his nonsensical amusement Ooh. park. Inside Access, 105.7 The Fan. Melvin Gordon has taken over. Johnson fakes it to him, and there's Flowers, his second catch. Zay Flowers cuts, and in for the touchdown, no flag. Joe Buck with the call, Monday Night Football. Zay Flowers, two catches, 37 yards, a touchdown, and yak yards on both of them. Uh, I, I think the, the, the biggest takeaway for me is, and it's not, it's a duh takeaway because we've been seeing it every day in practice, but this guy, he's, he's going to be a problem for defenses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he um, electrifying man. The kid with the ball with the ball in his hands is uh, is must see TV. Now again, we're going to see how this offense comes together, how it plays out. Is he in the slot? You know, is is that the guy that Lamar will gravitate to when things get dicey? Just because, frankly, is he going to pick him up as much as he picks up a big body like Andrews? We'll see how some of this plays out. But Todd Munkin is plenty smart enough to get the ball, to find ways to scheme up opportunities, yes. even around the line of scrimmage. Maybe Zay Flowers becomes a great deep threat. Maybe he doesn't. He's going to impact the football. Todd Munkin's too smart to not let this kid impact the football game, even if, it, if it's resorting to, and I shouldn't say resorting to, because it's not a negative, but like – if it's a if it's a bubble screen, if it's a pitch play, if it's a five yard comeback, or just to just to get yeah. this kid established in the game, I don't want to jinx it, but I this is the most excited I've been out of this bunch of first round receivers under Eric DaCosta, where I I really think he's going to be a thing, and I get it. We've been burned a billion times down this route with wide receivers that this franchise has drafted, but I just have a good feeling about him, just how he practices and his hands and his body type and his yak ability. I think he's going to be a factor in this. Bone, is he the most excited? Is this the most excited you've been about a Ravens player on offense since Lamar Jackson established himself as an NFL quarterback, ooh, man, that's a tough question. I, uh, I bet it. I bet it is. It, yeah, it might be his popularity factor oh, is off <laughs> now, the now, now, chart. Full disclosure. Off full the dis- charts. Full disclosure. Who told think, you it was coming? I, full disclosure. I think we were all pretty excited about Hollywood Brown the way he started. Yeah, different. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, I, but Hollywood, you didn't see. Yeah, no, I get he it. He had but, the bad foot. He's in bubble wrap. He has two big yes, games. Then he goes. He, on sure. a, he's on a cart. 
Hollywood's coming off. Not a cardboard. Well, he eventually would be headed for carts. Hollywood's coming off the list for Hank's surgery. Bateman underwent surgery during his first Uh training camp. Knock on wood. Nothing happens with Zay Flowers between now and week one, or quite frankly, through January. But I'm very excited to see what he can do. Let's talk about some other offensive takeaways. And I know it was only one carry, and it sounds like he got out of it with just a shoulder stinger. But Keaton Mitchell, and I don't know how much he's going to play in the regular season, but to me, he gives them something nobody else gives them, and and that is that speed, and speed kills. And and that one carry for 31 yards, to me, I went, that's RB4 right there. Well, and it's it's also, and it was the same thing to me, too, with one of the Justice Hill runs. Like, that wasn't like a Greg Roman, it's all schemed up, it's all blocked up, and you pick one of two holes and just accelerate. Like, that was like, I got to get to the corner. I've got to compensate for things in in front of me falling apart. I got to make something out of nothing. And then I don't just turn it into uh, a positive gain. I turn it into an explosive play. Like, yeah, that. not everybody has that. Not everybody has those gears. Not everybody has that ability. Now, you can come back to me and say, well, it's against the backup defense, whatever. You got to produce They only the play three of these, yeah. and you got to, you, you know, you got to make the most of it, and he made the most of it. And I do wonder, again, about the whole Gus Edwards of it all. Who did not play last night. Which could be a good, but yeah. just, you know, and look, I, like, do I think Gus Edwards is making this team? Yeah. Like, Am I? Do I think he's got a big role on this team? I am not convinced of that. Well, that's right. And Keaton Mitchell, the player, he's a home run hitting running back, and you saw the explosiveness day one on the practice field. But I, I guess I just wonder, they're not going to have four running backs up on game day. No, but Not he, well, anymore. But he's also a guy that's going to play teams. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. And Gus doesn't. And yeah. that's where it, it makes for a tough tough thing there and and with Gus I'm with you Justice Hill has been the feature guy while J.K. Dobbins was having that hold-in situation and of course since he's returned since he hasn't participated in 11 on 11s and Hill you're seeing it I mean he fits very well into this Munkin offense one other thing I want to get to, guys, and that is, and, and you've got a fork in the road, and I feel like two guys are going in different directions, and that's Tylen Wallace and James Brochet. Sure. Tylen Wallace has caught a touchdown in back-to-back preseason games. He also plays teams, which helps him. James Prochet looks absolutely lost out there. And, and he saw, he did something rather impressive, which was to turn a ball that I thought was a touchdown when it came out of Josh Johnson's hands. I know he didn't, wasn't able to step into it, but he somehow turned it into an interception that was returned for 50 yards. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, I, I to me, and, and I had a buddy text me this, is like they should send take his jersey and send him home in an Uber after the game. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date download the instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollar per order additional term supply this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It, it was... It was it was like mind boggling, and then to watch the replays, you're like, I could come up with I think ten other likely outcomes that I would put ahead of interception return fifty seven yards the other way, and it was really more than like fifty seven yards, right? Because wasn't the dude in the end zone? Yeah, he was in the end zone. It was more like sixty some yards. And what what planet am I on? Where that's the end game of that play. Can't happen. What the other fascinating thing about it is, Prochet, there was no way his feet were going to land in bounds, but somehow the DB got both feet in bounds. Yeah, no, look. Duvernay, I wrote MIA. Like, I just don't know where he fits in. Prochet, arrow down. I mean, we already knew he was gone, but he's just cementing it. Um, You know, Kohler and Ricard just showing up, stepping up, being, you know... Available and making, I mean, again, what Ricard did was not great, but it was just interesting to see him in this offense. Kohler did make some plays. Yes. And I thought Josh Johnson turned this into a competition again. Yeah, it was a lot of positives offensively for this club. And Washington, they played a lot of their starters. And how impressive was that opening drive of the game? Where it's boom, 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 right down the field, scoring a touchdown. I mean, what was it, a six-play drive? Yeah, six plays, 75 yards. Uh, this offense, it, a lot of a lot of key contributors yesterday. Coming up next, our weekly chat with our friend Rita Hubbard. We'll talk Ravens and O's. We'll get her thoughts. The streak is done. What does Rita Hubbard think about it? We'll ask her next here on The Fan. Inside Access on The Fan. Covering everything sports every day. 1057 The Fan. Orioles start a big series in the division with the Blue Jays tonight at Camden Yards. Ravens, the win streak ends at 24 as they lose last night at the gun 29 to 28. And Joining us for her weekly chat is Rita Hubbard. And Rita, uh, how did you handle last night? Uh, no no 25, no drive for 25. The Ravens, they lose 29-28. Did it affect you in any way? Oh, my God, guys. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep. I lost so much sleep over this. This is such a big deal. Oh, no, I didn't care. I'm sorry. Um, you know, and it's funny because – you know, Coach Harbs went on this, this soapbox tangent about um, what it meant. And my thing is, is that no one said that preseason doesn't matter. Nobody said that. We're specifically talking about the the win and loss column. But we all know that preseason matters in the context of having players that's trying to make the roster, have you know, show their ability to make plays, having coaches, you know, implement things here and there that – it allows them to do that against opposing teams. So, you know, all of that was unnecessary. We don't have to. We don't have to want to like the streak because you do, Coach. <laughs> you, you, we don't have to, and we don't. And if that's what you choose to do, because you are the coach of the Baltimore Ravens, and we can understand a little bit more 
how that's important to you. We understand that. But if if there's fans out there that don't care, then they don't care. And you can't make people care, and you can't get on your soapbox and tell us that we should care and that you don't respect us if we don't care and you taking everything out of context because you care. No, at the end of the day, we still don't care. So <laughs> you did all of that for what? We, we still don't care if you win or lost. We care that guys came out healthy. We, got, we care that guys made impacts. That's literally what we cared about. Rita, you can you can confide in us here and you can admit this. There was a part of you, maybe a big part of you, that was hoping that the sly guy would hit that thing so we'd be over this damn thing and wouldn't have to talk about it anymore. I tweeted it. I tweeted, just kick the field goal so we can move <laughs> forward. I said that. I, I literally, I you I'm know. With you. Uh, look. And I, I had money 90, on it, so. 95% of this I did not care. There was a 5% of this that I cared about a little bit in the sense of that I was so tired of all the trash talking going back and forth, like with, with the Commanders fans. This, this is so silly to me. Like, this is all very silly because, you know, you have the offensive lineman say he didn't care, then turned around and had, had, had his Rick James moment, and literally in the next sense, I mean, like, so it was that. The streak to end, but then I was like, "Well, maybe the streak should end next week at 25, <laughs> and then and then that's and then we can be good and we can move on." But look, regardless, now it's over, it's done with. Um, I'm not mad, you know. More, I was more concerned about, you know, was Washington okay, which we know that he was. Was Mitchell okay, which it, it appears right. not to be serious. Those are the things, and seeing guys you know, make some plays that are trying to make the roster like a Malik Ham and, and, and those other guys and watching the tight ends, you know, be very productive. Those, those are the things that I typically like to watch when I watch preseason games, not if they're going to win or lose. I just don't care, Coach. And I'm sorry that you don't have enough respect for me because I don't care if you look. just care about what's going on with the players. That's literally it. Well, let's get to some of those guys fighting to make the 53-man roster, and specifically the undrafted free agents. We know that the Ravens typically keep at least one at every single cutdown. Uh, Travis Volkolek had two touchdowns. Keaton Mitchell had that nice 31-yard run. You mentioned Malik Ham as well, Rita. What did you think of the undrafted guys or the guys fighting to make a roster spot? I'm, listen, they're fighting to make somebody else's roster spot. That's sad because they they really have done some things well, and I just there's just not enough spaces for them to be on this roster. You're not going to be able to put I, I call them Volo League because I just like the way it sounds. <laughs> the tight end T Bone does that. Volo, uh, Vo- oh, I'm I'm big in Volo League. Yeah, look, I was playing softball knows, last night. Look, look. Everybody knows Volo League, right? So, look, he's going to be a guy that, you know, I'm hoping somebody in the AFC North doesn't ha- hasn't taken a peek at because I don't think that he makes the team based on the fact that, you know, there's a lot of tight ends there already. But you like what you see in him, right? He's not going to make waivers. He probably is not going to end up on the practice squad. So he's probably gone, right? And then there's, like, situations where I, I mentioned um, um, uh, Malik Ham, and I think that he's played consistently well. And it feels like that him and Jeremiah Moon are potentially, you know, vying for a spot in that regard. So he's another guy that I feel like, you know, is going to, if he doesn't make the team, he's going to make somebody's team. You know what I'm saying? Because Mm -hmm. he's definitely been overachieving. But 
that's the one thing that the Ravens have done so well is that they find these gems that are undrafted. And then you have a lot of guys that are undrafted and they want to come here. You know what I mean? Because they know that the Ravens are an organization that gives undrafted free agents their opportunities. And so th- that's, that's a reputation that's, that's really heavily sold on them. And so they like the opportunity of, of potentially being a part of the team. But I, I just really like what I'm seeing with those guys. I just don't think that there's enough roster spots for them to stay around. So I think that they'll find some homes somewhere else. Talking to Rita Hubbard, it's Inside Access here on The Fan. Rita, I, I don't know about you, but I kept the TV on ESPN after the game, and Scott Van Pelt's doing the – he's doing his show, but he's doing post game. He's got Ryan Clark on, and Ryan Clark's been on the show a number of times, friend of the show. And he said about the Ravens, he said if the Ravens aren't in the AFC Championship game, it was a bust of a season. That means the pieces didn't come together. Are you as bullish about the Ravens as he is? Um, Kind of, but – I so – I want to say yes, right? Um, but then I then but me saying that ignores how deep the AFC is in terms of their team, other teams being good as well. Um, the Chiefs still exist. Um, the Bengals are still they're literally in the division. So getting the division is going to be a, a task within itself with the improvements of Cleveland and then the Steelers just never being a team that you can count out. Um, I, I would like to say that it feels like when you look at this roster construct and what they've done with the coordinators, it feels like that this is a team that's ready for an AFC championship. And so I completely understand Ryan Clark saying that um, and that there's pressure in that regard because we do know that as great as this team is with Lamar Jackson uh, behind quarterback. They've only won one playoff game with you know while he's been there, um, and so there is some pressure for them to to make it further in the playoffs. They are a good football team. They they might be a great football team. The way that we're talking about Zay Flowers and you know the way that they're excited about Odell and they got Mark Andrews. There's no reason why this this team can't be top ten on both sides of the ball. And so if that's the case then what exactly is holding you back? So I'm not mad that he said that. It, it, I think it's just a little bit more complex when you look. If this was the NFC, that would be easy for me. I would be like, there, look, if they're not in the AFC championship, that's a problem because the, AFC, the NFC is so wide open. AFC, though, not so much. It's, it's just not that wide open. But I definitely think that they need to win more than one playoff game at this point. Rita, it is a Tuesday. The Orioles yeah, are starting a homestand. Not uh, going. Oh, not, not going. I'm going. No, I'm switching my days. I'm going Thursday, guys. I, I'm switching my days. Tuesday okay. and me don't get along when it comes to Camden Yard. Gotcha. So I'm going to switch it up a little bit. Going to do it on Thursday. Hopefully, that me staying away today means that there's a win. And then when I come on Thursday, we're either um, getting the sweep or we're sealing the series. You're passing <laughs> on Grayson, though. That's a bold move. I know, I know, I know. And I, listen, I'm I'm sacrificing myself for this team. Gotcha. So I'm look. I'm I have come to the conclusion maybe it's me. Yeah. Maybe I'm the one that brings in bad energy when I come in there. So maybe I Not need possible. to check myself and go a different day of the week. So I'm gonna try this out. I'm hoping that Tuesday is is maybe it's me and Tuesdays. Maybe we don't get along in Camden Yards. And that Thursday is a better suited day for me. We'll we'll see how this goes. But I am excited to see Grayson on my Tizoob. I will be watching from home him do his thing at Camden Yards. 
Well, Rita, we got to get your thoughts on John Angelos's comments to the New York Times. Uh, it's going to be extremely hard to keep the band together. By the way, Tyler Kapner, who wrote the piece, is joining us at four, but continue. And the fact that he's going to have to massively raise prices for them to increase payroll to that point. What did you think reading all of that? Uh, you know, the, why? Why are we having this conversation now? Every Why can't we have nice things? I just want to enjoy what the team is doing on the field. I want to be excited about what they're doing. And every time they do something good, stuff like this comes up. First, it's the whole lease thing. Now it's you don't feel like you can pay the players. Then you kept saying it's a small market. Well, first and foremost, Baltimore is not a small market. They are a mid-market Secondly, San Diego is also a mid-market, and they have a top-five payroll. So I, that those logistics don't make no sense to me, okay? I, you saying that makes no sense to me. People will see anybody that is good. I don't know. It, 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 you can write it down. You can have anybody come in. You can have any analytics come in. I, I'm going to tell you some free advice if, you're John, if, I'm John, if I'm John Angelos' advisor. If you put a winning product on the field, people are going to pay whatever. That's just what it's going to be. Are we going to complain about it? Probably. But we're going to pay it because that's what we want to see. So on top of that, the fact that you didn't even talk to local media and you talked to the New York Post, are you not trying to be held accountable? Because obviously the people in the Post aren't invested Times, in what's yes. going on down there than what's going than the, the writers – and the, the journalists here in Baltimore, it's just all shady. I didn't like it. I want to enjoy what this team is doing on the field. I don't like the distractions. I really just want this to not be a conversation until the, 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 the season is over. Can we just have something nice for once when it comes to the Orioles? Please, like, let's talk about this when this is all said and done and when this is all over with. For now, let's focus on what these young guys are doing, which is playing their asses off and being overachievers and being one of the best teams in the whole Major League Baseball. Seriously, that's all I want. Rita Hubbard. Tell always, them, Rita. Yeah, always you. good. We will chat next week and uh, enjoy the baseball on Thursday. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Hey, coming up next, speaking of that really good baseball team, uh, we get to all the young dudes. And are Gunner and Mountie going to be the two- and three-hole guys for uh, a long time to come? We discuss next here on The Fan. Inside Access. The baby birds are growing up. We're on an excellent trajectory here. This group is going to help us keep taking a step forward. All the young dudes. It's liftoff from here for this team. Inside Access, 105.7 The Fan. There's a swing and a high, deep drive down the right field line. Off the foul pole for Gunnar Henderson for a home run. And the pitch to Mountcastle is swung. That's drilled to left. On his way back is Tony Kemp turning around. That ball's gone. A three-run shot for Ryan Mountcastle. Man, has he hit the ball hard today. And it's now 7-0 Baltimore. Both Ryan Mountcastle and Gunnar Henderson homered on Sunday. The lineup just came out. Adley Rutschman's uh, leading off at DH. Ryan Mountcastle batting second at first base. Gunnar Henderson at third. Uh, batting third. Uh, Austin Hayes batting fourth in left field. Jordan Westberg batting fifth at second base. James McCann, the catcher, batting sixth. Cedric Mullins batting seventh in center field. Ryan McKenna in right field batting eighth. And Jorge Mateo is the shortstop batting ninth. No Anthony Santander again in the lineup. But Let's get to the Mountcastle Henderson of it all. And are these going to be the two and three hitters for a while now? It's crazy, right? Because it wasn't that long ago that we're two weeks from the trade deadline and we're wondering 
what's going on with Mountcastle and he's not hitting enough. Yeah. And, you know, Kobe Mayo is on an escalation now and he's up to AAA. And Heston Kerstad, who doesn't really project to be much of an outfielder, is playing first base at AAA. And where is all this going? I mean, look. They called Mountcastle up for that game in Minnesota right before the All-Star game. And he's been here since. He's appeared in 33 games, guys. 29 starts. The O's are 22-11 and 11 in those 33 games. And Ryan Mountcastle's slash line is 383-443-617. 1,059 OPS. Maybe as impressive as anything. 13 walks to 26 strikeouts, which is a ratio the likes of which we don't see very often. From him. No. Um, and he's been stellar. I like. Hits everything hard. Like you heard in the, in the call. <laughs> he's hitting the ball hard a lot. So he's doing that. And Gunnar Henderson, after a slow start, since July the 1st, he's appeared in 43 games, 42 starts. He's slugging 517 in that span with 10 homers and 31 driven in. Again, in just 43 games, 42 starts. He's got 21 extra base hits in those 42 games, and his OPS is 839. So, yeah, that those two make a, a pretty decent coupling, and especially right now when they're going through some stuff with Santander's back. And Cedric, I think, is still kind of getting his legs under him. It's been so sort of herky-jerky with Cedric. Um, yeah, having these two guys do damage is imperative. Huge. Uh, Gunner's a budding star. I mean, that moment Sunday where he passed up the cycle to get a double, I mean, that, that just tells you how he plays the game. And with Mountcastle, clearly the vertigo was beyond hampering him prior to his IL stint where he thought that there were three balls and now he's just hitting the cover off the baseball and he's playing a team that he's owned throughout his career uh, in the Blue Jays tonight in Kikuchi's 7 for 12 and 4 home runs but when it comes to Mountcastle and his long term future and this is just kind of one of several uh, questions this offseason if he's your future first baseman what does that mean for Kobe Mayo? What does it mean for a possible Heston Kerstad? Or I, and it kind of gets back to the conversation we've had ad nauseum about. What does it mean for Anthony over- Santander, who's sure. played a little bit of first yes. base, and obviously that's part yes. of his toolkit. Yes, and and it kind of gets back to the conversation we've had ad nauseum about this overflowing talent in the farm system, where got to do something. Yeah, they have they have not relieved any of it. Uh, it. It's also amazing to me that there were legitimate conversations being had during the All-Star break that Mountcastle would be sent back down because yeah. he had options. Hey, they, the weren't, they weren't extinguishing that no, fire. they were not. Well, look at how far he's come in a short period of time. They played that thing out to the hilt, I yes. think, trying to wait and see. Does someone else get hurt? Is there yeah. another move we have to make? It was clear they weren't trading anybody. It was clear they weren't DFAing anybody. And you looked at the roster and who had options. Mm-hmm. And it was Mountcastle, right? And it was like Kowser who had just gotten there. Yep. No, you're absolutely right. That's what it was. It's just it's amazing how things things can change fast. And this guy is one of the guys carrying the offense. And we were talking about sending him down a month ago. Well. And, and look, there are things that he's doing now that we've seen him do in the past and we've seen him do for somewhat extended periods of time in the past. But, like, is it a breakthrough or isn't it? And he's young enough that it, it could be a breakthrough. 
And we saw Santander make some of these corrections himself and really elevate his on-base percentage and become a guy who walking and getting on bases more of his skill set now. Like, if he's going to continue to lay off those sliders away and those sweepers away and he's going to lay off the pitches way up in his eyebrows, then he's going to continue to walk more. And when he tries to kill the ball from power alley to power alley, he kills the ball. Now, if you get caught up in trying to counter Mount Baltimore or whatever, you know, and pull stuff and get pull happy at Camden Yards, as a right-handed power hitter, that can get in your head and that can mess you up. But he ha- when he has that up-the-middle approach, he does a lot of damage. And so, yeah, as you spin this forward, what's he, 26 years old? 26. I mean... I don't know how all these pieces fit long term. I, I I don't. Somebody's um, gonna have to get traded. We've got the owner at some basically point. signaling lately. I don't know how I'm gonna make it yeah. all work either. Like, which again is blows my mind. Poppycock. Uh, that but, was that was me. You said that poppycock. No, I, it, good word. There's look. People need to get extended. People must get extended. It would be a baseball atrocity. To not extend some of these people. And I frankly would be shocked if multiple people don't get extended. But as it people more like Mullins and Mountcastle, right, who have had their blips, who have their blemishes? Or is it someone like an Adley or a Gunner? I, I don't know. It needs to be some of both. But like, this is. <coughs> Heston Kerstad either is on this team next year or he's traded. Colton Kowser either is on this team next year or he's traded. Like, AAA is not an option. Kobe Mayo all of a sudden is destroying the ball at AAA. If he does that for six more weeks, I mean, like, are you – no, he does not belong back in Norfolk next April. It should not happen. So, okay, Frazier's gone. Ramon, let's say Ramon's gone. I don't know if Mateo's gone or not. Like, they might look at him as a guy worth keeping her. But, like, there's not a whole lot of, like, there's not obvious spots opening up. O'Hearn's arbitration also. O'Hearn's not good. I didn't get rid of O'Hearn. A left-handed bat like that who doesn't make any money, who they found out of obscurity. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm just saying, they don't, the pieces don't all fit. Inside Access here on a Tuesday, and uh, we mentioned, uh, it's been referenced, we talked to Rita about it, I did, and I've got something to say about it, the article in the New York Times, John Angelo's talking with Tyler Kepner from the Times, who's now going to be a senior baseball writer with The Athletic, he announced today on social media. Well, Tyler Kepner joins us next here on The Fan. Inside Access. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.